Thank you for joining our Black and Brown Financial Growth Podcast with myself, Starsky, and my partner, uh, Mod. Uh, we're going to continue to bring you educational, digestible information um, that's targeted to pretty much dismantling the gap between brown and black um, people of America and uh, how we are subject to racial divide, um, not able to access the same um, type of uh, wealth and knowledge uh, when it comes to building uh, generational wealth. Uh, Once again, uh, thank you for joining. And as always, please check out our previous podcast. Uh, feel free to leave a donation um, that helps us continue to grow. Uh, and as always, uh, stay healthy and well. Visit us on our private Facebook group titled Black and Brown Financial Growth. Uh, once again, feel free to check us out and always share our podcast. Thank you. everybody beautiful people it's been a minute but welcome back to the black and brown financial group webinar you have myself dr Rahim, and starsky what's going on man ah oh, man it's, it's it's what is it it's 12 21 2020 uh 2020 is not over yet um you know we've been we, we started this group back in i think june yeah and man what a roller coaster has been um but the information and knowledge that we're, we're trying to put out there and as well as the other people that's putting in the group, it's, it's to be honest, it's been a, it's been my financial learning <clears throat> lessons um, beyond learning lessons that I ever got in school, that I ever got in high school, even in college. Like this has been almost like a curriculum in itself, just learning from other people in this group about investing, finances, insurance, and everything else. But, but I'm also learning from you. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's how it's been so far. It's not over yet. We, we still got a few more days to make it. To make it. <laughs> no, no, it, you're absolutely right, right? And I think there's going to be a lot of changes around the corner that our group need to be aware of. You know, I, you know the reason why we haven't um, been out there for a, a few weeks, for those that did not know, I actually tested positive for COVID. Um, so I was sick for almost three weeks and not like a little sick, very sick. So I'm just getting back to, uh, you know, to myself again, and just checking on my stocks and see how everything is doing. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about is what's behind the corner, right? What is, what is looking? What should be, what should we be prepared for? What should we be aware of, you know, concerns, risk? but also opportunities, right? And like you said, Starsky, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is 1221. So we have almost two weeks left until, you know, until the new years. And, and there are moves we can make now or positions we need to take or, or things we need to do in our portfolio just to make sure that we are going to be in a better position when we move forward, right? How long do we have to talk about this? Because I know our community probably are going to ask a lot of questions after this goes live. But 
we have uh how much time do we have to talk an hour i think we got an hour so an hour was good all right um let's start off with this february we started hearing rumors about this virus actually we probably started hearing a little bit earlier uh, but as Americans, we're living our best life. We're, you know, 2020, our best versions of ourselves. Um, here in LA, I think the only thing that kind of gave us a downer was uh, we lost uh, LA hero, which was Kobe Bryant. But 2020, everyone was like, 2020, this is my year. Then come March, uh, NBA is like, all right, we got to shut things down. In April, and people are like, "Well, is this thing serious? Is it not? Is it fake? All these conspiracy theories." And we watched our market crash, crash like none of us in our living history. Let's maybe we talk to our great grandparents or grandparents. Um, we never saw anything like that before, uh, even when we compared it to 2010 depression. Um, and I was scared. I was like, "Do I get it now? What do I do?" Um, you know, it, it's tax season. What should I do? And I, I guess I'll leave this with you. It's like 2020, is it the best time right now in the middle of a pandemic? And some believe it's a pandemic. Some people have their own opinions. I don't, I don't really want to dive deep into that, but politics will come in this conversation. Um, is 2020 the year that people really should think about investing in, in self, making their money work for them? Or was it every year you should think about it? Because I know. In the beginning, during that crash, some people lost everything in the stock market. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a good question. Um, I think one is that you should always, uh, you know, seek opportunities to educate yourself to make sure that your money is working for you. So instead of working towards money, you know, working to to earn money every hour, every minute, you want the money that you have created to generate wealth for you, whether you are awake or sleeping, right? That's that's the key piece. You know, you wanna work smarter and harder. Um, but it also depends on your, your situation, right? Your financial situation, your family situation, all these things in regards to when you should invest. So obviously 2020 created a lot of opportunities for those people that had these, right? So if you have a pot of money sitting there and you saw the market crash, and there's a history. Now, for those people that are new to investment, there is a history, right? That when markets crash, markets will bounce back. It may take a year or two, but it'll always bounce back. So whether we are looking at at the recession from, you know, the 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 real estate recession, right? When you look at the tech bubble, when you look at, you know, Reaganomics, you know, even the Great Depression, it, the Great Depression probably took the longest bounce back, um, but it will eventually come back. So those that saw their you know, their portfolio sink after three or four years, as long as they didn't touch it because they still owned the amount of shares, right? So if you owned, you know, uh, you know, a hundred shares of Apple and saw Apple tanked in March, you now actually are in a better position if you had left it alone, right? But you had people that were afraid because they saw that they lost, you know, a few thousands, they lost, you know, they lost, you know, they lost 10, 20,000 and they sold their stocks and they put it everything in savings. So once you sell it, it's gone, right? So if you saw a, a profit loss, you only truly lost it if you sold the stocks. You know, that was the, probably the best advice I've ever gotten, that your stocks are only truly gone 
is when you sold it because now you can't get it back, right? Um, so the key thing is to invest smart. What I'm saying is that you invest in companies that are healthy, financially sound, financially healthy, right? Often the play is, oh, let's jump at this new startup company. Oh, I've been, you know, I heard some great things about this company, but if we're looking at long-term, those companies are not financially healthy yet, right? They're still growing. They're still, they're still learning how to really navigate everything. So the rugs can get pulled under them pretty quickly and everything falls apart. They may have a brand new CEO who's very, who's very young, who's ambitious, but may not have the right networks, may not have the right angel investors, right? So when you see the stock market, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically take a tumble, those companies that are weak are often the first companies that fold and go out of business. That's when you lost your stack. That's when you lose your, um, that's when you lose your stocks, right? So, so like I said, the only time you lose your stocks, if you sell your stocks or the company goes out of business, right? But if you're putting your money in, in, you know, in long-term, um, strong, healthy companies that only saw a drop because, not because the company's doing bad, it's because the market is scared. Right, so the market went flat, but the company is actually doing well. Right, so we're looking at those companies that if the you know if they saw a profit dip, they still have you know a billion dollars in their war chest, right? So that they can pull from just a billion dollars. That's a lot. So but that's what Apple has, right? That's what companies like Apple and Tesla have. That if they saw a dip in their profits right? And people are afraid. They have this war chest that they can pull from and say, well, good, we can break even, or we still have this opportunity to create more capital investment by doing other things. So that's the key thing. You have to make sure you are in a position to invest, right? That you're not taking money from, you know, from, um, uh, you know, from your, your your children's savings or money that normally goes towards bills, uh, money that normally go towards your mortgage. We're not talking about investing on those things because that stuff is dangerous because that's that's a gamble. We're talking about money that you have saved, that you want to work, that you want to make it work for you. That's what we're talking about investing. So let, let's talk about saving checking accounts because there are some people they, they're, you know, there's people that are embarrassed to have these conversations or they just don't know. And I was one of them. Um, checking account, savings account. During the whole beginning of the whole recession or depression, and just be honest, it was depression the beginning of it um, that we're still in. Uh, when they started handing out stimulus check checks, there was an issue where there were people that didn't have a checking account. And that was kind of an eye opener to me. Like, well, I you know, I was taught by my aunt that you gotta have a checking account. That was my first knowledge of financial management that came to me it was from my aunt, and that was years ago. I had to be like 12 years old. Should have happened younger, probably, but it happened at the right time. But there's kids, there's adults out here that do not have checking or savings accounts. And I guess I was listening to uh, Kevin Hart talk. Uh, about generational wealth. Who knows, Kevin, if you're listening to this, we're going to get you on here. Um, how come those conversations about checking, savings, financial management doesn't happen earlier? Well, I, I think this goes back to what you, 
you shared in another webinar is that you know we're embarrassed, right? We didn't go, we didn't grow up in that traditional family financial, uh, you know, structure household, right? Um, we may not be equipped to have those conversations, and as an adult, we don't want our children to know that we're not equipped, right? Um, we may feel like we are not in a financial situation that is pleasing to have this conversation. So, you know, so if you are a married couple or if you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend for several years, but you still have separate checking accounts, you, you don't, you know, you don't share information with each other, then it creates this limbo environment in regards to what do we share, what we, what should we share? Um, and often people living on credit, right? So, so that's often the, the big issue. Um, but here's the thing, when it comes to the, the internet, there's a lot more access to information than there's ever been, right? So you don't need to go to school to learn this stuff. You just have to find useful, free, research-based, uh, evidence-based, stay away from fake news information, right? So that, that information is there. Um, when it came to checking account, you know, a lot of people that grew up in inner cities, um, uh, especially people that didn't grow up in a traditional, you know, mommy and dad worked a nine to five and got a certain amount of money and paid bills and all that stuff. You didn't grow up in that type of structure. You you didn't trust the banking system, right? It, it, you trust knowing that you had cash at hand in your household. And I think that that is a part of it. But right now, there's a lot more banking options that are available that did not exist 10 years ago. So, so you can actually have a free, you know, once again, free banking and savings account. You know, so they are they are a small, uh, you know, um, small co-ops. So we call they're like nonprofit small banks that exist in every town and every city. They are union-operated banks, right? They are now like black-owned digital banks. So you don't have to go to these large corporations that you're kind of concerned about. You can actually put your money in a local nonprofit bank that actually give back to the community. And they're so free. So a check cashing is not a bank. Let's make sure we all are on the same page. Exactly. And, and, that's, and, that's, and that's another thing when it comes to living in poverty, right? So if you don't, if you don't have a, a checking or savings account, it means that every time you get a check for doing your job, you are taking that money and going to a local grocery store, going to a local uh, bodega, right? To cash your check and paying five to even $20. I've seen somebody charge, you know, get charged $20 to cash a $200 check. That means you just lost 200, I mean $20, right? So you probably got paid, what, 14, 15 dollars an hour? So you lost over an hour's worth of work just to cash your check. You know, so you got to think about that. It's and it's not convenient because you have to get on a bus if you have a car. You have to walk in the snow if you live in New York, and find a place to cash your check that is open and available. Where now banks have ATMs in almost every corner, every location, right? You can actually you can actually do a uh, a direct deposit, so you don't have to drive anywhere. Your bank is always there. You can go online and check it if you're concerned about it. There's tons of these cybersecurity, um, you know, um, software that's available to protect you on your computer. On their end, they spend, they spend millions of dollars and billions on cybersecurity. And, and also there's insurance, 
policy. So if your money gets stolen, if your money gets lost at a, a local co-op, at Chase account, someone stole your debit card and used it, there's insurance where they cover it and give you your money back. Where if you get your money stolen, you know, at home, it's, on, it's not coming back. I remember, I remember stashing money in between my mattress when I was a teenager and man, if I just put in a chicken's account and open an RA back then, but the mindset wasn't there, the knowledge wasn't there, the information, of course, you know, wasn't there. And I don't want to say it wasn't there because um, it wasn't around or near me. It was, wasn't there because those who held that information or that knowledge uh, didn't share at that time. And those who did share, they gave me great information, but there was so much more. And the ones that didn't know um, were too afraid to ask. Um, so I guess that's that's what our group is here to do, to, to change that mindset uh, and, and help us as brown and black people to, to change our habits and everything else. And it's funny because I get this question a lot. Um, how do I open a stock account? I'm like, Google it. And it's easy for me to say Google it. They really don't know the verbi the verbiage, everything else sounds foreign to them instead of, until they start having that conversation. It's almost like uh, how these kids learn these dance moves. They spend all their energy learning these dance moves, but they haven't learned how to invest in stock or what stock or IRA or mutual fund, because uh, that's not the trend, you know? And how do we turn this into the trend? Yeah, yeah. You know, when I, when I invested, when I did my first investment ever, um, I think I was 24, 25, I opened up the Source magazine, you know, when they existed, right? And, okay, and so. I, yeah, you remember the Source magazine? Um, and I saw that Funkmaster Flex was weighing sketches. And sketches is not something that, you know, people in our neighborhood wore back in the, you know, early 2000s and 90s, right? Who the heck wore sketches, right? Now I know. <laughs> yeah, it was like sketches and lugs. I think he was like investing in lugs and stuff like that. And I started I reading it. Whoa, he was ahead of the game. Yeah, oh. he was ahead of it, right? Um, so I took three thousand dollars that I had saved up, and you know, this before you know the stock, before you could trade stocks online, right? So I had to actually walk to downtown Syracuse, and it was like Marilyn Lynch, I think it was at the time. And, you know, I was this young guy who knew nothing about stocks. And I said, hey, I have $3,000. I wanted to invest it all in sketches. You know, the guy was like, okay, took my information. But I had to pay a broker's fee, you know? So the $3,000 is a lot to a, you know, 23-year-old at the time. Um, and then it's not like you can check. You can check how your stocks are doing online. You had to wait for the newspaper to come out. Right, so you had to subscribe to a stock, uh, stock-focused type of publication. Um, so I used to call this guy like every other day to check on my stocks. I had no idea where they stand. Um, and then eventually, so so I had to pay. I think out of three thousand, I had to pay him like a sixty-dollar commission, like sixty dollars out of three thousand, just to pay to trade my stock. And um, yeah, the stock actually jumped made me some money but then i need it because it's not long term for me i needed that money to you know to pay for bills and cash and you know to a car and things like that so i took the money out i think i made fifteen hundred dollars so a thousand five hundred i was excited i was happy and so and this is where the conversation that we need to have came in 
is I didn't realize you have to pay taxes on that. Yeah. Right? And and you're actually paying two two taxes. You're paying tax on on spending three thousand dollars. Like you bought something for three thousand. So you pay tax on that. And that's one thing that you have to realize when it comes to, to investment. It's like if you took your five thousand dollars and you bought a used car, right? So you're paying about eight hundred dollars for that used car toward taxes. So if you took five thousand dollars and you paid for a used car, you're paying about eight hundred dollars, maybe even even maybe maybe even a little bit higher, you know, when you add the you know the plates and New York State registration, but you're paying about that much, right? So when you spend $5,000 towards stocks, you are also going to get charged tax for that. But you, you, you're going to get charged at the end of the year, not right away like you normally would when you buy that car. On top of that, the profit you make, so the amount of money you're gaining, you also pay tax. So you're paying tax on both ends, right? And you may say, well, how do they know that? How do they find out? Well, the the stock exchange, well, not the stock exchange, the stock exchange report everything to the IRS, first off, right? But the platform you're using, whether it's Robinhood, whether it's Chase, whatever it is, they, by law, they have to report basically the profits you make and losses and things you bought to the IRS. So it's gonna show up. Yep. So, so, that's, so that's key. Yep. Right. Uh, people, it's going to show up. So if you've been trying to day trade and you're new to this, um, you're going to end up paying maybe more than what you you, even, uh, you profited from. Yeah. So you know that. Um, so as, as we say, think long term. Don't try to day trade, at least not right now, unless you're a professional at it. Uh, but don't don't try to day trade. And then uh, I guess to kind of help you out, like, Emma, what's the terminology? What does day trading mean? Day, day trading means that you are buying and trading multiple stocks in the same in a single day, right? So, so, so if I bought Tesla at 9:30 a.m. when the stock market opened, and I saw Tesla made me say a thousand dollars, right? And then I sold Tesla by noon. That's day trading. So I bought and sold it in the same day. Right now, some platforms are built for day trading. Other platforms will actually prevent you from day trading or they will penalize you, which means that they will prevent you from buying any stocks going further with buying and selling stocks within a single day going going forward. Right. So you have to be leery and be aware of the platforms you're using and whether or not you are executing on day trading um or you are just a traditional investor right so if you bought tesla on monday and you sold it on friday that's not that's not day trading so for example and i just want to throw this out there if i were you and i bought sketchers back when i was 23 and i held it for a very long time maybe even now maybe going to say you know right now you see what sketchers are doing um if you were if you were to buy i know i did the map you were able to buy nikes back in the early 80s and you paid thousand dollars now you'd be sitting with a hundred something k or not more in your bank account would i be taxed the same way or, or, or would my long-term investment 
investment be taxed the same way or be taxed differently? It, it will, you know, tax codes change depending on, you know, the government, right? Depending on the IOS. Um, but you only tax on the profit that you that you generated within that year. Okay. Right. So if your hundred thousand dollars was sitting in in that account, and then it accumulated another twenty thousand dollars, you know, from from growth within twenty twenty, they're not taxing you for hundred thousand dollars. They're taxing you for that twenty percent that you generated on top of that hundred thousand dollars. All right. Awesome. And then what if it was a loss? Because some of us did Ah, yes. So this is where having a good, good, not, not, I would say great, right? A great CPA. For those that are investing that may be used to going to H&R Block, this is where you have to stop, right? You're going to have to spend a little bit more money. If you want to make money, you got to spend a little money and get a really solid accountant. Right, because the 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 person at H and R Block, the person at at Liberty Tax Services, are not going to know how to file your taxes with all of these investments you have, and you don't want them to mess up because it's going to cost you more money and and more headache if if the IRS audits you. So spend a few extra hundred dollars, get a good account that actually know and, and interview them, you know ask them these questions right i just started investing i okay. made some money and i lost some money okay right so i made some money i lost some money how would you go about it in 2020 and follow my taxes and they would provide recommendations they would provide ideas they might give you a scenario they said hey let's say you made thirty thousand dollars but then you lost fifteen thousand dollars this is how i would do it I, I know this tax code i know this situation i know how you should report it and they ended up finding loopholes, right? That allow you to keep more of your money because of your losses, right? Uh, another thing is we're not, so when you talk about day trading, a lot of people that practice day trading is because that they have a license to day trade, right? Which means that they have a broker's account, right? So they, that's, that's what they do professionally. They, and they're also day trading on behalf of other investors, other clients, right? So, so when they look at losses, they can actually deduct that, you know, so they actually can, can file a loss with the IOS and get more deductions when it comes to, uh, when it comes to their filings for taxes. So sometimes you, you take a loss, but you actually pay less in taxes because you took a loss, right? So it depends on how the accountants do their magic, right? So I would recommend, highly recommend, uh, finding a, a certified CPA, certified public accountant that has a good track record history in not only filing taxes, but filing taxes for people that do investments, people that have bonds, mutual funds, stocks, IOAs, all these things. And they could make sure they safeguard your investment and make sure you pay less in taxes at the end of the year. Now, we, we talked about stocks. I want to take a little slight turn because stocks is one way we could sleep and watch your money work for itself. But some of us are working at corporations or companies that give us benefits. And some of those benefits are 401k plans. Um, and I, I hear this conversation over and over, like literally I just had this conversation probably just a couple of days ago, uh, where people don't know that sometimes your company matches your 401k 
and then people don't know that oh i got this 401k they don't know what it is so i i guess should this be a conversation we have right now about 401k and how it actually helps you and how you can honestly uh, if you connect it to our ira account uh, there's some things that you can do with that and your stocks uh, yeah so 401k uh, for those who don't know like what is it so so a 401k is is a um is an investment that is supported by well retirement investment that is supported by your organization whether it's your university or your company but not all all organizations have a 401k right so if they have a 401k it means that they are paying towards your retirement based on what you are contributing right so they, there's often a max right so it basically says that if you invest $800 out of your paycheck we will match it by giving you another $800 right so every $800 you put in the company puts in $800 right but there's also there's often a max limit I forget the max what the max is um, and then you work with the investment firm that your organization hired to manage this retirement fund, right? So this is where you actually have a financial planner that your company is actually paying for. You have an, an, a broker that your company is actually paying for, right? You give them a call and you say, hey, I am contributing to this 401k and I wanna talk about the type of stocks, the type of bonds, the type of mutual funds I want to invest my money in. And what they do is create a portfolio of different investments you are interested in. And every time that money comes in, every time your money and your company money comes in, it automatically buys percentages of those stocks that you identify, right? When it comes to 401ks, I always recommend to focus on, on mutual funds and index funds, right? Because these are portfolios that have solid um solid growth but risk is low right a mutual fund and an index fund is a portfolio of different companies so instead of you buying a single stock this portfolio already have apple they have tesla right they 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 already have bookshare they already have these companies right and each mutual fund will have to focus is mutual funds that focus just on the tech sector so all of their all of their investments is technology. There's mutual funds that focus on on you know on health, right? So it's all pharmaceutical, it's all healthcare, and then there's you know all these other funds that do the same thing. You want a mixed bag, right? You want something that balances. You, you want to be eight. So when it comes to mutual funds, which is different than your personal investment, you want to be able to put that away, and not think of it, right? So when you have this conversation with with your financial planner that is managing this mutual fund i mean managing your 401k for your university or for your organization or for your school or whatever they're going to talk about your goals right what is your five-year goal what is your 10-year goal or what is your 30 40 year goal for your retirement and then they're going to look at investments for you but you need to also do research don't just trust what they're saying they're going to give you options numbers and it's your job to do that research right if you don't invest in your 401k and your company has 401k, you're basically losing money. You're giving away money, right? So your organization is saying, put $800 for you, not for us, for you. And we'll give you another $800. You're saying, no, I don't, I don't want it, right? So that's, you know, that, that's crazy. So don't, so take advantage of that. Don't, don't lose that opportunity. 
Also, a 401k is big because it actually saves you money at the front end, which means that the $800 that you took out is is already taxed. I'm sorry, it's, 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 it's not taxed, right? So instead of you paying $800 that would normally be in your check, so, right, you, you actually are putting it away towards your 401k and you're no longer taxed. So instead, you're getting taxed on the salary, on the check that you get from your company that is actually $800 less. So you're paying less tax on it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, while, while your investment sits there, so while it's sitting, while it's growing, while it's accumulating all this money for your, for your retirement, you are also not paying taxes on it, which is different than us investing, right? And our personal investment, as we mentioned, you get taxed at the front end and you get taxed at the back end. Where in a 401k, you don't get taxed, period. So as this money is sitting, it's making money, it's saving money, right? And it's generating wealth for you when you retire. Right? The other option you mentioned is an IOA. An IOA works similar to a 401k, except there's no company contributing or matching, right? So Are you still taxed? Are you still taxed on it? You're not taxed on it, right? Um, so it works the same way, right? Um, so as long as it sits there, you're not gonna get taxed on it. But you can only contribute up to six thousand dollars a year in a Roth IOA. You know, traditional non-tax. That's good. That's I look at that. That's beneficial for me. That's yeah. six thousand non-tax. As long as you let it sit there. So if you are so if your company, if you work for a company that doesn't provide 401k or you have your own company, LLC, S Corp, whatever company it is, if you're a hairstylist up to if you're an entrepreneur making the next app, is it good for you to set up an IRA? Yes. Yes, because that's a tax shelter, right? You're putting away money for your future and you're not paying any taxes on it and you're not getting uh, taxed as it grows, right? So so definitely contribute to that. Let, let, me give, let me give people a scenario, right? So, so when the stock market crashed in March, right? My, my 401k saw it. I think I lost 11%. That's not a lot. The reason why I only lost 7% is because it was in mutual funds and index funds, which, which it balances. Like I said, if one company does bad, then other companies do good. So it balances itself, right? My investments on individual stocks took almost a 42% drop, right? So that's the significance in mutual funds versus investments funds. And because I saw that drop, I was trying to fix and correct things. I was selling, I was moving, I was doing all these things, which means I'm gonna owe taxes on those decisions I make where the 401k, I left it alone and now it corrected itself and actually it's where it should be, right? So that's that's the key thing when it comes to an IOA or 401k. As long as you make sound investments, you leave it alone, you don't think about it, right? And, and I watched my, my shares almost doubled if not triple especially when it came to fidelity and vanguard which are two key uh uh mutual funds and index funds people should be aware of do some research look up vanguard and fidelity right in regards to mutual funds and index funds right um and i saw like i said it's it they don't grow quick 
right? This is not like it's going to double overnight or I need to, you know, check in two weeks and it's going to quadruple. It's just sound growth. It's, it's growth that, you know, in, you know, in one year, you are going to see, you know, a six to seven percent, you know, uh, increase, which may not seem a lot, right? But when you talk about leaving a $50,000 investment in mutual funds, and you're talking about six to seven, sometimes even 10 increase every year, by the time you are ready to pull that out in the next 10, 15 years, you have double, tripled your money, right? So you have to look at it from a different angle, right? You, you know, so in, in a savings account, savings account is really to me an emergency fund, right? Because saving, you don't make money off of savings. You're talking about putting $10,000 away in your savings account. You might make $60 to $40 at the end of the year, depending on your bank. That's nothing. 5%, you know, something like that. So this is going to come back in the 360. Um, you have a 401k, you're matching it. Awesome. You have an IRA, um, you're investing in that. For, everything's for retirement. Awesome. You have a mutual funds. Um, if you do, you know, of course, you don't use this. You don't use your rent money to invest in this. You use your savings. And that's the thing that we need to start talking about is if you don't have a check-ins and savings account, start one today. Um, how young kid, kid, someone a parent start a checking or savings account. I know I have a savings account for my daughter. Um, it just made it more, much more sense. But uh, she's only, uh, she's turned uh, five this year. Uh, but how young can you open an account for your, your child? Um, how young should you open an account for your child? It depends on, on, on your plans for your child, right? So if you're looking to open up a savings account so you can put money for them, you know, thinking about college, Right. As soon as they get a social security card, you can open up technically a savings account. Right. But but you have to co-sign that because they're not an adult yet. So as yeah. long as you're co-signing it, you can open up pretty as long as they have a social security account. Um, I mean, a social security card. Um, but I, I would recommend, you know, in their in their teens or, you know, in, in that 13, 14. Right. So they're in middle school at that time. They they may be thinking about working. You know, they, they, they're, they're not 16 yet, but that 13, 14, they can get a news route, right? They can start doing, wow, news route. I don't think that exists anymore, man. <laughs> right now, CNN.com or Fox.com, whatever, whatever you believe in. Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember, we're starting to date ourselves, even, even though we're not. Yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> yes, you get, a, you get a summer job, you know, one of those jobs that, a 13 and 14 year old can do and that allows them to put their money towards savings but you definitely want to have that education with them. you want to sit down and talk to them but here's the key so you know if you are insecure about that conversation if you feel like i don't know enough the bank does you can actually schedule an appointment and say i open up a checking account for my son and i would like to speak with a representative to talk about financial growth financial management and they actually would do it with you you know so you're not you don't have to pay a financial planner you don't have to you know go and grab every book from the library you actually have if you have an account you're already paying towards that service so take advantage of that all right and then your savings if you have a healthy savings my philosophy is as long as i have 
six months of rent saved up or six months of mortgage saved up. Anything beyond that, um, maybe emergency, like if I hurt myself or my daughter hurts myself, I gotta pay whatever, or you know, gotta get out of Dodge. Um, anything beyond that, I'm like, well, why keep that in savings? Because uh, I don't need that money immediately. I'm gonna put that into the stock market or to other investment opportunities. Uh, is that ideally what pe how people should think? or should people have their own philosophy? I wonder, is there a standard philosophy of this is how much I should have in my savings and anything beyond that, this is how much I should really think about investing it to make the money work for itself? I, I think, so So your philosophy um, aligns with my philosophy, right? I, I've, I've all, you know, in the last, I said, I started thinking like that maybe, I wanna say 13 or 14 years ago, when I was working at a university out in Chicago and I lost my job and realized I only had three months worth um, of financial support, right, in my savings. Because after three months, it means that the rent's not gonna get paid, the credit card's not gonna pay, you know, the car, all these things. So it actually made me think differently. Like, I need transitional money. I wouldn't call it emergency money. I would call transitional money in case I don't get that next job right away, right? So it's a transitional money, um, in addition to money for, like you said, like things happen, right? You a health issue, uh, you, you get into a car accident, those type of things, you want that money available. And that money shouldn't be credit cards. A credit card is not a, you know, a, a, a financial, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, a financial gain, right? It, it's there for emergencies, but it's also there to help you grow your credit, which is a different conversation uh, we can have. Um, but I think it depends on the person. Some people, they are only in the position to save a thousand and a thousand is good. If you are brand new to this, it, it gives you a, a sense of security. It gives you a sense of push, right? But I always recommend once you save that thousand dollars is start paying down on your, you know, on your credit cards, get rid of your debt. Right. We're not talking about those big debts. We're not talking about your mortgage. We're not talking about, you know, your student loans. Right. Those are pretty large debts. We're talking about debts that accrue large interest for no reason. Right. Except that the company's going to make all this money off of you. And those types of debt impact negatively on your credit score. Right. So so don't take money to invest when you have a ten thousand dollar credit card uh, bill right use all your money and get that thing down right don't don't try to use money that you are hoping to make from the investment to pay off the credit card that never works right unless you're lucky but it, once again it's a gamble right yes. you're, ho you're hoping to flip your money in the next few weeks or a few months meanwhile the credit card is still making money off of you whether you win or lose right so get rid that's of the name, that's the name of the game that's it's it's interesting because um when I first got to college, SUNY Albany, uh, actually before that I went to Morgan State, um, actually before that I went to uh, uh, OCC, the credit card companies are waiting. They're waiting for you, they're waiting for your kids. If, if, if anything, they're, they almost seem like pedophiles because um, they're just waiting to get you at your, your lowest or needing moment. Because I remember walking in and I was like, oh, how much do college books cost? $500, like, I don't have that. Here goes this credit card, free money. You know, you can use it to buy your, your books. Why well, need the books, right? Uh, 
and that's how they get you. I remember my first year in school, I think I had ranked up around 2,500 in credit card debt. Not thinking to myself that that needs to pay be paid like as soon as possible, like yep. every month. Uh, and if you don't have a job or anything like that, it's like, well, how do you pay that off? Um, yeah. And that was my first initial debt that I, I incurred, occurred, was just going to college and taking that credit card. It was to pay for some of my books and a yep. pizza. Yep. Yep. And, and pay, and pay towards your, you know, your college girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's you know it's a it's a lessons learned, but you know now people like you and me are adults, and we we want to make sure our children learn from that mistake, so they don't make that same mistake. I mean, your daughter's younger than my daughter's. You know, I have one daughter who is turning 18 now and is looking at Syracuse University, is looking at Hobart William Smith and other schools. And she she actually got a credit card in the mail. So I didn't know that she applied it, applied for it. She's telling me she didn't. You know, she think that it it um that it was connected to her um her PayPal account, that she by accident pressed yes to something. And you know, PayPal is connected to her savings, uh, connected to a checkings account, but they have that option, like, like you know, click this because they already have all your information. So their thing, so that's a clickbait situation for those that have children that have a PayPal account, that have any type of account connected to their checking. There's often some type of clickbait that says you are approved for a credit card. Click this, and that young person may think, oh, I have to complete this long application. They already have all your information. So once you click it, you get that credit card in the mail right away. So be leery of that, be careful of that, and make sure you check in on that because, yeah, because she got in the mail without even really thinking about it. Um, but definitely it's important to make sure that, that we get our credit debt situated before we invest right because it can spiral out of control and it will only work against you not for you yeah um so wow um 2020 is like we covered a lot 2020 has been one of those years where uh it's almost reset uh in the economy those who got in early uh, hopefully are doing well but at the same time understand that your profits are being taxed if you're in the stock market game game um if you do have a 401k if you're not matching you need to talk about matching as soon as possible if you don't have a checking system savings account you need to start one asap uh, especially if you're an adult uh, there's never too little um, you can find some companies that will, will take it won't charge you that much you just gotta do your research google ask a friend um i guess one, one, another conversation i want to have is like approaching 2021 we have Joe Biden, we have Camilla Harris, we have a whole new uh, a president and vice president and, and some senators and everyone else that's coming in. Um, you know, we, I, my question is, should I wait to do my taxes? Should I do my taxes come April or should I just wait and see what our new government rolls out and says, all right, we're gonna do extension like they did earlier this year and see what happens should i keep my ear to the political realm um because you know this is my money i'm talking about um, yeah yeah it's, I, been, it's been crazy you know it's been a crazy year yeah i think all those things make sense um you have to figure out what works for you if an extension is not given 
and you request an extension, that means you're paying late, you're getting penalized basically. So if the government doesn't formally offer an extension and you request an extension because you know you need to collect all your receipts and things like that, or you're not in a financial situation, um, you get penalized a certain amount of money based on how late your submission will be, right? Um, I, to be honest, I have always filed late, right? Because um, my, my tax is a little bit more complicated. My wife owns her own business and she works. I own my business and I work and have these different types of contracts and I invest. So it's often a little bit more complicated and I know I always owe money, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, I'm, I know I'm gonna owe money, I just don't wanna owe a lot of money, right? So, so it's about, I also work with my accountant to be transparent and start giving him stuff and say, what does this look like? What should I be prepared, prepared for? And he'll tell me, he say, you know, I, hey, Maud, I think you're gonna owe $6,000, right? And then I'm gonna say, well, I don't have $6,000, but I might have it in June, so we're gonna push it to June. Right, so that's the conversation. And some, and, and actually last year, he did that. He's like, hey, Ahmad, I think you're gonna owe like $7,000, right? And we pushed to June, but by June, all of these new tax laws had came into effect. Sometimes it works for you. Like you said, you just keep your ear to the ground. And accountants often know that ahead of time, they might say, hey, you should wait until July because there's this thing in Congress that may actually benefit you. So by doing so, it took like a $7,800 tax bill that I would normally have and brought it down to only $2,800, right? So I saved a good chunk of money just by waiting, but it was waiting with the advisement that I got from my my certified accountant. It's, it's um, I'm watching, I live in Los Angeles, so I'm looking down streets such as Abbot Kinney, well known for its high-end restaurants, um, fine dining, jewelry, you name it. Uh, it's almost like the Melrose by the beach, which Melrose is only like probably five miles away. Um, but most of the restaurants are gone. Um, gone, boarded up, gone. Um, if they're around, they're just doing simple delivery services. Uh, but the ones that were high, you know, high-end, bars made their money the you know the bars made majority of their money boarded up i'm just curious of what uh 2021 is going to look like for those entrepreneurs who might have lost everything um and then you know we're talking about there's an instant study that's going on right now i was reading an article uh, a few weeks ago uh, more latinos and african-americans have started up their own llc's or s corporations than ever before that's amazing. But at the same time, uh, there's taxes, there's there's financial management that you have to do as well. And then we already know nine out of ten businesses fell uh, the first year. Um, so with that in mind, um, should we put again? Should you put all your eggs in one basket? Should you just focus on starting your own business right now, or should you focus on getting a job? Which you know, it's the end of the year. It's going to be very hard for anyone to get a job. Yeah, um, it depends on your skill set. Depends on your skill set. Depends on the market, right? So you're not going to start a business in in the restaurant industry unless you have a strategy and plan that will that will that will help that actually benefits you during COVID, right? If you're opening up a traditional restaurant, then you're in a bad situation. So it depends on the business plans. I mean, some plans 
we'll, we'll benefit from this situation. If you created this amazing app that allows delivery service more efficient than 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 Uber Eats or you know or, or any of the other apps, then obviously take advantage of that. Um, but it really de depends on your situation, um, you know. But you have to know where to invest, how to invest, where the research is, and make sure you have good people around you that can give you sound advice, right? I, I think 21, the market will continue to shift towards technology because we, we see that over and over again. Whether COVID, COVID is gone, which which we know it's not. It's it's it may shrink. No, we're, hearing, it's, we're hearing rumors about a new thing right now. Exactly. Is that it's mutating, right? It's mutating, and we saw that you know in 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 England, because the mutation is is actually growing in England. There, the pound took a significant drop, so their currency like 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 nosedive, right? So, so more and more people are using technology. You know, they're streaming movies. They're buying stuff on apps. They are using Robinhood and other platforms to bank and invest. They are, um, you know, they're getting their food delivered online. You know, they're working remote. So everything is technology driven, right? So whether you are looking at starting a business to take advantage of this, or you want to invest in something, it's it's technology driven. It's going to continue to be technology driven. You want to look at the retail sector that is taking advantage of, of online platforms and e-commerce and deliveries and things like that. I think I think the, the travel industry, the resort industry, these vacation spots are, are going to jump just a little bit because people are excited, right? But I think financial health-wise, they are not there yet. They're still struggling. It just takes a few yeah. months of, of bad business decisions can cause these companies to tank. Another thing is communication, 5G. Companies that 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 heavily invest in 5G right now are seeing a boom in um, you know in their technology service and product line. You know companies like Verizon, Apple, uh, uh, was it Stargate, um, apps. I think we 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 um, you know we talked about and highlighted the 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 the, the, the turbines, right? There are a lot of companies that focus on 5G technology and 5G products that are seeing boom. Um, and also the, yeah, the, the, the investment portfolio companies, mutual bonds, stocks, you know, index funds, you know, ETFs, you know, a lot of these, these portfolios are actually doing well, right? But stay away from traditional retail right now, uh, stay away from restaurants, you know, investments in those type of companies, even, even REITs, right? REITs, some of them are doing well, some of them are crashing. Anything that's tied to real estate right now is iffy. Yeah, this 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 morning is funny. This morning I set a stop loss on one of my reads, and it and it and it hit the stop loss this morning. And I was like, I I lost. On it. I just write it off as a, a, a you know a loss, but it's one of those things. And also I was having a conversation with someone about the movie industry, and it's like, oh yeah, people are dying to go back to uh, AMC movie theaters. I was like, ah, I don't think anyone's dying to go back that fast, but you know, to each his own. But those you have to, I think today as we move into 2021, we are being forced to pivot the way we used to do things. Almost like Blockbuster. Blockbuster was here, now it's gone. Uh, you know, Disney uh, is making more money off his streaming subscriptions right now. Um, 
a lot of his movies are doing very well. Um, they're trying to get it really done really well. I think uh, Mandalorian has done really well and they're getting ready to launch a couple more sequels off of it while they experimented with a couple movies uh, to see if people would pay $20 to watch it and then do so well. So people are, are, are used to spending that microtransaction to understand how that works. It's not like you're still spending but to get more people on the platform. So it's, they're not spending 30, 60, how much does it cost to take you and your family out to the movies again? Man, it's like, what, $20 a head for four people plus popcorn? You're talking almost $200 sometimes. So, you know, you think about that, you go see a movie, how many times, well, maybe once every couple of months, a few months, well now you're spending, you know, $10 a month, whether you choose to watch the movie or not. Uh, but now they got you in your subscription until you choose to opt out. So it's just pivoting. It's the way that things things pivot. I don't think AMC movie theaters are going to be the way that we grew up with, like, you know, delivering newspapers, but it's just going to be different. Uh, and I yeah. think when you think it's about investing, do your homework, do your research. Um, and my philosophy is if I have seven pairs of Nikes out in my, my closet and I don't own any Nike stocks, what am I doing? Yep. Uh, I guess my, 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 my only question I have last is, is, is this, um, I, I did a poll and I asked, uh, people in the poll, um, do black and brown people in our households, uh, do we have these open conversations about, uh, investment? Is this something that we can have just randomly talking in a, you know, at breakfast or at dinner or doing family functions? Or is this something that we choose to not have? And the poll was interesting. Uh, majority of people said no, uh, though some people said yes. And then some people actually DM me and said, it's complicated. And they gave me their reasoning why it was complicated. And it, and it made sense, you know, when we start talking about money. If you know about money and you're making a lot of money, you don't want to share because you don't want a lot of people depending on you, which yeah. I think we might have to change the way we think that. But if you don't know about money and you, you really don't have a pot to piss in and you know that you're not too great with money, you feel embarrassed to even have those conversations like, hey, how do I do this better? Uh, we, should, we shouldn't feel embarrassed about money. So I, I work in marketing and my my world of, especially working when I work with brands, such as Beats by Dre and Nintendo and stuff, our job is to get that money out your hand as quick as possible. Um, and so, you know, you have to understand that these brands and products want to get that that money out of your hand. Um, they want you to buy that PlayStation uh, 5. And we want you to do the subscription as well. And we want you to buy it paid for opt-ins and everything else because then we have you we have you spending not only $500 for the, 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 the device, $60 for the downloadable game, $20 per pack. We got you. Uh, especially if that's your addiction instead of, you know, investing it. So, I guess the conversation is how do we change the mindset of having these conversations? Just like we will have the conversations, hey, you, you listen to that new that new video from Beyonce, you heard that latest Jay-Z, oh, you watched the verses, you saw, you saw, you know, you saw, you know, the, the new verses on Instagram. How do we have these conversations just like we have these other other conversations about just things that are happening? I, I, I think when it comes to non-traditional households, we can be non-traditional. We don't have to like wait for dinner and plan it, right? So, and also we do that 
especially with our teenagers, it is just beating them, you know, and and they might not take it serious. They might get very little out of it, right? I I always take the the fun approach, you know. I'm so so I'm, you know, uh, dating myself again, you know. But you and I grew up watching the Cosby. I remember that Cosby episode with Theodore where he, you know, kind of took that play money and he asked him, you know, where what's he wants to do, where he wants to go, and he kind of broke that down, right? Huh? And and that was actually mind blowing for me when I was fourteen when I saw that. That was mind blowing for me as well. That was my yeah. first like, oh yeah, I don't have money. Exactly. So it's like you know he he wanted to buy that moped and all that stuff, right? So so we we could do the same. So what I do with my my kids, I mean from from my um, eight year old all the way to my 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 seventeen year old, is actually once once every other week we we play Monopoly, right? And in that monopoly is where we can talk about finance because you are moving money, making mistakes, earning money, growing money, buying property. And while it's fun, I actually, you know, increase the opportunities. I say, if you win, if you make the most money at the end of this game, I'll give you for every dollar, I'll give you 50 cents, 50 cents that you win. So now they're counting it. They're like, I got one play money. That's 50 cents of real money. And they're actually counting money they're more serious in how they invest because they're going to get real money. And then we talked about, you know, you know, investing in assets, investing in liquid funds and things like that. And now they're like, oh, this is what it is. This is what it looks like. And while my daughter may not truly understand, she's it, it's growing, right? It's it's there. It's in her head. She, she's used to hearing those buzzwords. She's, she, she's going to remember what it was like to invest in this option in real estate versus investing in this property fund and so forth, right? Um, so it's about being creative. We also, which my daughter, my oldest daughter doesn't like, is we listen to a lot of podcasts when we drive, right? So my youngest daughter loves those podcasts because it's like a story to her, right? She's hearing a story. The oldest one doesn't really like it a lot. She just listens to her music on a, you know, on her, on a phone and zooms, <laughs> zooms off. But the little one, she actually asked for it. Can we hear about an episode coming up? Can we, can we talk about Tesla? Can we, you know, she's, you know, it's in, it's in the back of mind. So I think we just have to be more non-traditional. We don't have to think of it like, you know, I'm going to get this book, I have to sit down. Think of it as you're learning with your children, right? You're taking baby steps. This is something we do together as a family. No one's smarter than the next. We, we can listen to this, this podcast together. We can play this game. You know, we could read this blog and we can just have a conversation around it versus you thinking you have to know it all before you actually discuss this. Um, for those that are really interested in having this conversation, um, you know, have a Rich Dad Poor Dad, probably one of my top, top five favorite books when it talks about investment and growing wealth. And it's very simple. It looks thick, but it's an easy read. You can actually get it on Audible, so you can actually listen to it on your, you know, drive to work, you know, or whatever. But it's a great book, and it just has this, con you know, he has those conversations of what it's like to talk to a child that grew up in a poor family versus a child that grew up in a wealthy family. And you can actually see those connections and disparities, equality and inequality, right? Um, yeah, but like I said, don't, don't, get, don't get frustrated. Don't get stressed about it. Um, don't wait, you know, don't wait to have this conversation. Uh, but you don't have to follow the traditional path. Uh, things are changing. Tech, I'm gonna throw it out there. What's, what's, what's going on with this cryptocurrency? Is it a gamble? Is it the next norm? I think, I don't wanna look at it right now because I, I get disappointed because I, when I was working in a video game company back in 2009, 
2010, we had games that we were playing around with with cryptocurrencies in it, or Bitcoin in it. My 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 colleagues are like, man, just put a hundred dollars into this. It's gonna be the next big thing. And I was and it was during our, our recession. I was like, I just happy to have a job. Like I don't wanna gamble with this money. It's up, it's down, it's it's a waste of my time. And like Facebook games were were a thing then. I'm like, I'm watching this thing become like not a thing anymore. Like I don't wanna gamble with it. Now I'm thinking to myself, like I, I remember going to Vegas that year. Andre Williams, you're probably listening to this. And we burned, I know I burned six thousand dollars in Vegas just partying. And I was like, what if I just took a thousand of that and threw it in Bitcoin back then? I would I would probably have a patio on it and whatever. What it should have could have, but let's go into talk about because I, I don't want to gamble, I want to invest, but is cryptocurrency here to stay? Is that is this the next? Because we're talking about finances earlier before we start recording. We're talking about the American dollar and currency, how it's kind of weird because you only give a six hundred dollar stimulus check, uh, where other countries are are, are really paying well. But we didn't get we said it. You know, the smaller countries. Um, is the American dollar going to be one of those things that's going to have to readjust itself? Is it is the cryptocurrency going to become? something that's standard what is money anyways you know yeah i you know i i'm 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 i don't invest in cryptocurrency i recommend people not to invest in it um i mean that's just my opinion because there's too much at risk obviously people made money i mean people make money on a lot of things that that i lost out on right i mean like you said it, it's it's done and over it's that's the past right i can beat myself all day about it um but it's not real really legal yet in a sense right um and it's not real currency it's digital which means that you know at the end of the day if technology crashes i could still go to my local bank and get my money out but, but the question and this is just open conversation could you if hypothetically speaking uh we had a super solar flare and then knocked all electricity out just hypothetically speaking could you run to the bank and get your money out right then and there well to a point right so so let's say <laughs> I went too far. I don't know. Hey, it's a yeah. celestial. Just FYI, today the twenty-first is a conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, who was supposed to come close or something. I don't know. You gotta Google that one. So we're just hypothetically speaking yeah. right now. But you know, I know my money's there, right? I know my money's there. I have a bank statement, right? So whether the, the crash or not, I have a deposit slip. I have all these things where a cryptocurrency can be generated and created and fund by really almost any company that has capital. I mean, Robinhood have their own cryptocurrency now, right? So so if Robinhood goes out of business tomorrow, if they get sued by the government and everything crashes, your money is gone. It's it's digital. It's, it's out there in the air, right? Um, so where, where it's different if, you know, in regards to, to, to a, an actual stock, I have this percentage that is there, right? Um, on top of that, when it comes to digital currency, because people are, are able to use it for illegal trades, for illegal purchases, that's what makes it leery, right? Because then the government at any time can say this is illegal and because 
it's preventing us from catching the criminal, right? They can they can stop at any time, right? A state can actually, you can live in New York State and New York State can say cryptocurrency in our state is illegal. Just like some, some states say marijuana is legal and other, other states say it's illegal, it's the same way, right? So now you invest cryptocurrency and you bought it, you know, out of New York State, New York State can say that's an illegal transaction, right? I mean, that, that can be considered far-fetched, but is it? Especially when Russian hackers are using cryptocurrency, you know, to, to exploit, right? Um, Chinese hackers are doing the same thing. You know, these, these black market industries are using cryptocurrencies in way of human trafficking, yeah. right? So, so to me, that is the leery part is I, I, I try to practice what we call ethical investment, right? I try not to invest in companies that harm the, you know, harm, you know, harm the environment or exploiting people, you know, those, those type of things, you know, I, like there are companies that I probably could have made a lot more money, but I just didn't follow their, their, their business practices, right? So put that in the back of your head, right? In the back of your mind, that when you invest in cryptocurrency, that, that there are people that, that are engaging in human trafficking and slavery, right? In, in national governmental hacking, you know, all these things, you know, and they're using cryptocurrency in a way for transaction purposes, right? Yeah, and, and not for not for debate, just, this is all conversation and this is all we have this in, in our group. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I even look at, it's like, what stops the American dollar from doing the same, you know? American dollar can buy cocaine, can buy marijuana, can buy, you know, a hooker in Vegas. Kids. But, 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 but yeah, but no one's going to say the American dollar is illegal and we're going to stop spending American dollars, you know? And and in, in the same uh, scenario, I remember when I was playing around with, with the crypto world, um, not a lot of money, just like, you know, I, if I'll burn $100 on a date, you know, I, I knew it was gonna, whatever, not miss it. Uh, I remember investing in this one platform called Cryptopia. Uh, and I was buying, I think it was, XRP was the only way, it was one of the few ways you could buy XRP then. Um, and the platform got hacked and they had to shut it down. Mm -hmm. And it's two years later, they're talking about, well, we might be able to find a lot of you guys' crypto and give it back to you, but it's a might. Yep, yep, and yeah. The last two years, I haven't had been able to have access to, to any of it. It might be gone, it might just be in the ether. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watch. Yeah. You know, for those that are interested in cryptocurrency, investing in cryptocurrency, watch Frontline, right? The Frontline did an episode on cryptocurrency, I think about maybe almost a year and a half ago. So look up Frontline on PBS, cryptocurrency, and they actually follow several companies or several, you know, uh, startups that were creating their own cryptocurrency, how they were doing it. Right and and all of the issues they were experiencing, all the lies they were promoting, all the opportunities that are there or may not be there. Um, so you actually see what your money is doing, like what's happening to your money. Um, and one company, I think they were like in India, and they they were trying to create this cryptocurrency, um, but they needed so much energy, right? They needed so much power that it takes a lot. It takes a lot. So. 
So basically what was happening was the money that, it was almost like a Ponzi scheme, right? So they were spending so much money on technology, on infrastructure, on electricity. They were spending more money on that than money actually coming in from the cryptocurrency. And they were using the cryptocurrency to pay just a little bit. But that interest, that, that the, the cost of the capital, I mean, the cost of running the business kept on increasing. The profit was like here, but they were kept on doing this to, to prop up their business. But the interest and the, you know, all of this, this stuff was still growing. And eventually it, it crashed, um, you know, and, and you can't sue liquid money. Like when that happened, people try to sue and it's like, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no office full of fancy furniture and all this stuff. Like there's just a bunch of computers, you know, a bunch of, what are, what are those called? Those, um, the, the actual engines. Yeah. No, those, uh, the hard drives, you know, the, the yeah. one that, actually, yeah, th those things. Right. So it's only that, that's what you're going to see is it's the, it's the technology that is helping to create the cryptocurrency. That's, that's what exists. And, and then the people that are actually doing the business, you know, they spent your money, you know, yeah. it's all gone. So, but it, you got robots, you got bots running the business, so you can't sue bots. Exactly, exactly. Man, well, yeah, yeah crypto's a gamble. It is, and man. I, I wouldn't not, invest in it. Not worth, it's not worth investing your, your, your savings in it. I do kick myself in the butt because I know probably some of the people I'm sitting with at this gaming company are multi-millionaires right now, laughing. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say you are one, but I know you were playing around with it. Um, so it's just one of those things. That don't invest. Don't gamble. It's not worth gambling. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's that. That's my decision. That's my choice. That's my perspective. I mean, yeah. it's not saying that that I'm right and you're wrong. Right. It's just make an educated guess. You know. So let's let's, let's talk about it because I know some people try to post a couple of things in the group, and I personally didn't approve it because um, I, I just didn't feel that it was on par. It wasn't ethical, as you say. Uh, have you heard of Susu? I heard. Of, yeah. So so Susu in Cambodian culture, um, we actually have that. Right. Um, but here's the thing, and, and and there's actually research and. I had a colleague that wrote an article on it. It's not successful in certain culture and tradition. So for example, in in tribal culture, Susu does very well because there's a history and culture of family loyalty. So everyone contributes to a Susu because it's, it's part of their honor system, right? So whether you win the money or you give away the money, you continue to contribute to the money because there's an honor system that you respect, that you support, and it ties to your family, you know, legacy. So right? just an undocumented, un, you know, docu-sign agreement that everyone's like kind of, kind of partaking in. Yep, yep, yep. So, so for those that don't know what a susu is, it's when a group of people put in a pot of money and then at a certain time, that pot of money is given away to someone in that group, right? And it, it, it alternates, right? You may not get that pot of money until a year from now, right? But the question is, will that pot of money be there a year from now when it's your turn, right? So you've been putting money into it and you've been seeing other people get that pot of money and you're like, oh, 
nine months from now, it's going to be my turn, right? And then nine months happen, and those people that got that pot of money decided to opt out of it. They're like, I got my money. I want to do different things. And they're no longer contributing to it, but you're still contributing to it. See, that's that's the issue. Now, in in and we don't have that culture, right? So there's, you know, there's not that honor system that's tied to your family legacy, right? So in certain cultures, if you stop contributing to it, so if you made that money and you no longer contribute to it, it affects the the how your family is viewed in that tribe or in that village. So all of a sudden you have a bad name and a bad name is like credit to certain tribes, right? So, so if my family was a part of this Susu and then we got our pot of money, right? So we three months into it, we got our pot of money. We're like, I'm not putting any more money. I got my money, I left. The entire village would shun us, right? Would shun us, would shun our grandparents, would shun everybody in the family because it's connected to your entire last name. In America, it doesn't work like that. So you, me, you know, Will, Daryl, all these guys can contribute. We're like, we're gonna do this. And all of a sudden Daryl's like, I'm moving to Kansas. I don't wanna do this anymore. But Daryl got his money already. We're gonna feel a certain way about that. Some of us is not gonna talk to Daryl anymore, right? And Daryl's gonna be living off of the six months that we've been contributing. And he's like, whatever. So I think that's the issue. If there's not a true, a real honest system with penalties, because I mean, we have to be honest, we live in America, there needs to be penalties, right? If, if, there, if, if, if there's no way where we could be penalized from, from, from uh, not contributing, right? Then I can leave any time. So that, that's the big risk when it comes to susus. Um, I mean, we see it happen to family all the time. It's like, oh, I, you know, I, I so, you know, in, in a, in a non-traditional SUS, right? You know, we, we let family members borrow money all the time, but then when we need the money, they don't have it for us to borrow. And then we're like, I know you just bought this car. I know you just went out on vacation, right? So if, if, if those traditional honor systems are not supported in the family structure, why do we think it's going to be supported with a bunch of strangers that we're basically putting into almost this pyramid, right? Because in so many ways, that's what a pyramid scheme was like in America. We're, we're gonna sell and buy, sell and buy, and and then and then one day someone in this pyramid's gonna get this money, another person's gonna get that money, and then you know everyone's contributing at certain times and then not at certain times. And the pyramid collapsed. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't wanna take too much of your time because I, I know the day is going by um i guess the question is you know moving 2021 we're, we're close upon it the holidays are right here um and this question not only goes to you this question goes to to everyone as part of this community what do we need to talk more about what what are we missing what what things should we discuss as well as stocks and investments um and how should we kick 2021 off uh, with this group? You know, uh, I, I guess that's the thing I'm always thinking to myself, like how to how to get people more involved, because uh, these are conversations that we should be having and we are not having, and we're already seeing, and the, the, the stats are out there, um, thanks to the BL, BLM movement, thanks to, to, to all the information that's being shared, and thanks to people willing to want to listen, 
that um, when it comes to not just in the U.S., just globally, um, just because the color of your skin is the, the 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 amount that you are paid for the work hours, uh, the, the the right to buy certain housing in certain areas, um, it's just unequal. And now, how do we get to that equality? And then how do we gain the knowledge that we are not just years behind, we are generations behind uh, in gaining that knowledge and gaining that foothold uh, to build that equality. Um, so I, I, I leave that question, you know, how should we shape 2021 with this community? I, 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 well, you know, that, that's, a, 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 that's a bigger conversation to have, right? Because I think everybody's plan is a little different. Um, but we need to have more of these conversations going forward. We need to engage our community um, in having these conversations, whether they are tough, whether they're natural conversations. Um, look for opportunities to help further educate our group, uh, help them to become more financially fit, right? So, so we've been talking a lot about investment, and I think that's what helped to drive the growth of our group but now we have to talk about financial fitness right to make sure people want already to invest people that are investing continue to make good investments right and then in order for us to further this conversation and start executing on our generational wealth plan we have to make sure that we are financially sound going forward and that we make financially sound decisions right just because we are financially sound in our savings doesn't mean that we are making financially sound decisions, which can destroy our savings and our investments, right? And then, you know, 2021, I know several of us have children that are now becoming young adults that are transitioning off the college, transitioning to the workforce. And then we need to have a different conversation, you know, in regards to that stuff. So I think we there's gonna be multi-layer, uh, you know, multi-perspectives when it comes to this conversation. And, and that's where you and I could reach out to our networks and, and, and include more experts, you know, to, to further this conversation and answer those questions that people are having. Awesome. Well, Mod, man, we've known each other since high school. We're aging ourselves, even if we talk about the years for some of these people that, that you know, are still, you know, millennials in here or Generation X. Um, but man, it's, 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 been a, it's been a pleasure having these conversations uh, during these new times. I don't want to say they're just stressful because a lot of people are going through stress. I know a lot of people in 2020 lost a lot of family members, uh, not only to this virus, uh, to mental health issues, to, to, to you name it, um, accidents, uh, things that they can never predict. So it, it, it's been, um, it's been a, a, a challenging time, an awakening time, uh, a spiritual time, and as well as a time just to listen more. Uh, but, uh, you know, moving to 2021, uh, though we cannot change the past, how do we plan for our present and how do we prepare for the future? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the key conversation, right? That's, that's the, I think that's the, you know, when it comes to New Year's resolution, I think we have some, Normally, you know, it's about weight gain. It's about, you know, changing our, our relationships and all those things. But I think right now people just want to be mentally fit, right? Be mentally sound 
and and being you know being mentally fit and mentally sound impacts whether you are financially fit and financially sound right so it's 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 uh you know it's a ripple effect um yeah so i think that's that's where we're at and that's what we need to talk about and that's where we want to go in in 21 but but the the one thing that we want to make sure our community knows is that we are here for you right we we created this platform we created this uh you know this group because we want to make sure that we learn and grow from each other and are here for each other right and and you can see that we are constantly answering your questions if we don't know we tag someone that we know can answer that question right so uh you know like like starsky said i have known starsky for probably close to 30 years right so we're really aging ourselves now right um uh so we want to create an environment where you could where you could say that i've known these people on facebook for a good 20 30 years in this group and we've been growing money together we've been investing together we've been making moves together and they look like me they are brown and black people that look like me live in my community and have similar interests right so we can have this conversation with our grandkids later on when it comes to financial fitness um but that's where we want to end today. Uh, please continue to grow, share, and learn with each other. Uh, we look forward to more conversations, more business ideas, more perspectives, and 21. Do you have anything else to say, Stosky? Um, that's it. Um, if you are a person that likes astronomy, make sure you watch such as telescopes up tonight and watch it. I'm a person, I'm a geek. I can't lie. Um, for all those that's in the group, thank you. Thank you for your participation. Thank you for your engagement. There is no wrong answer. We're all learners together. Just keep the community. It, it's okay to have a difference in opinion. Uh, just make sure you keep it What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, respectful. Respectful. Yeah, and yeah, and and also we're not looking for opinions that can be perceived as as an opportunity to create sales for yourself or your business, right? We're not looking for self promotion, right? I can acknowledge. We're looking exactly, for exactly, exactly. You know, me, me and Starsky both have our own business, have our own products and services, and but we're not marketing it to you because that's not what this platform is about. This platform is for everyone to grow and learn from each other, not an advertisement, uh, self-promoting platform. So that's not what we're here for. We don't do it, so we would respect that other people don't do it also. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And yeah, let's, 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 let's keep the holidays rolling and definitely let's celebrate 2021. Even if you're stuck in the house, um, let's celebrate it. Yep, celebrate it. Happy New Year's to everyone. Uh, have a safe, um, you know, healthy and enjoyable uh, Christmas. And if you practice other holidays like Hanukkah, do the same. All right, everybody. Peace. Peace.